Good morning. It's Tuesday, July 2nd, and you're listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz, a daily podcast catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news all within 15 minutes or fewer. My name is Connor Tapp, and for a second day in a row, I am pleased to hand over the reins of the podcast to 24-7 Sports College Sports Editor Trey Scott and Director of Scouting Barton Simmons covering the opening finals down in Frisco, Texas. We're back in Frisco. It's been a long day. Monday was a long one. Uh, the, the opening finals really kind of got underway with the training camp portion of the day. Saw some quarterbacks do a lot of work too. You watched OLDL a lot. You watched everything a lot. Tuesday is going to be another long day, but it's going to be pretty fun too. Seven on seven action begins. As as our as our audience kind of looks toward Tuesday, though, let's let's quickly recap Monday. Listening to you and the, and the rest of the guys talk, uh, top two four seven number one player Brian Brzee, Clemson commit. Lived up to the hype that we expected him to live up to. He might have been the best player here today, Barton. Best prospect for sure. I feel great about having him number one. Um, You could, I mean, the hype was Brian Brzee, but the hype was also about Clemson's defensive line commits coming in. And you could make an argument that the top three defensive line prospects on hand or the top three defensive line performances on hand were the Clemson guys. Uh, Brzee, Demonte Capehart, and Trey Williams. In terms of Brzee specifically, he's just so much more athletic than anybody. Uh, he's the, the get-off, the, the um, quickness, the explosiveness is, is next level, and he's doing it 290, 288 pounds. Um, so much so that it's. I mean, he's he is, he's working through moves out there. He's he's playing around. He's he's trying to find different ways to beat guys because he it's it's pretty easy for him. So it it was a number one type performance. Obviously, we got more a few more days to go, but uh, day one he absolutely checked the checked the big box for uh, you know that that we expected him to. I think for a, a casual perspective, a casual fan's perspective, uh, Barton, that's interesting because Clemson, as we know, is kind of building a D-line U case, and, and they lost a lot last year, but they're going to reload, certainly. And then uh, Brian Rizzi, he's been the number one player in the top 247 for the class of 2020 since the get-go. I think a lot of people, are when they when they look at him and they read read about him, they're wondering, what can he do to hold on? I don't want to certainly spoil any any you know ranking changes you might have in the next few months or or whatever by the time we get to to February. But do you think he definitely could m- maybe hold on to that? I think it's funny that for so long Brian Brzee has been everyone's almost assumed that he's going to lose the spot, and uh, he's had a big target on his back. He was the first, he was the number one guy to start this this class, and he's held on to it. And there was a stretch there, not not by any fault of his. I think he was still doing his thing, but just as other guys started to emerge, people began to to just sort of surmise that hey, who, someone's going to take over Brzee's spot. He's not going to hang on to it forever. Who's it going to be? The further we get into this, the and and not just the the more we see him, but the more he develops. I mean, every time we see him, it seems like he's better. So he hasn't sat on his laurels. He hasn't been complacent. He keeps on improving. Keeps on getting better. Uh, I, I, he looked like the best player in America to me. And and there, there's obviously plenty of opportunity for someone to unseat him. But I have yet to see the player that that I think is better than Brian Brzee. So Texas A&M commit Demon Demas is kind of a freak show. He took over Twitter on Monday night, doing a lot of backflips. He's got the the chef's hat, which is a, a sort of a weird look. But anyway, 
Barton, he had a fun battle. I think he's going to have a fun battle this week with with Ohio State commit Julian Fleming to maybe a battle to to be the number one receiver in the top two four seven. And that was a battle that our A and M fans and our Ohio State fans really got into on the message boards. Give me a little insight into that. Are we? I, I know the flips are not really a big deal as far as football is concerned, but but Twitter was kind of a buzz about Demos. I was a buzz about Demos. That, that those flips are insane. I mean, I, I've never. I mean, that is one of the most athletic because given his size and how big he is, the way that guy can elevate the the spring in his legs is absurd. But obviously, that's not what being a wide receiver is is about. He can do. You know, flips for money in you know wherever Vegas Strip if he wants to, but but ultimately it's about getting open, and he can do that too. Uh, he, he, I mean, he ran uh, one of the faster times out there. Uh, he was he's uh, an elite prospect in terms of all the athletic traits, and, and really Julian Fleming too. I mean, Julian Fleming was the runner up and the fastest man, which was surprising. We knew he was athletic, but he. He had ran sort of an average 40-time, or I mean, average for a five-star, 40-time earlier this spring, and he went out and and killed it, um, did Julian Fleming. So he's got, and, and he's a phenomenal athlete as well. So both those guys checked that box, and both those guys, frankly, are a little bit raw as pass catchers, but they're both so talented, and that, that, that upside is ultimately what has them atop our, our rankings and I think they're pretty comparable in a lot of ways. And that's why it's going to be, I think, a fun battle for number one. I also think it's not a battle that's exclusive to those two. I mean, there were some other receivers out there today that were fantastic. I thought uh, G. Scott was really good. Jermaine Burton, was the LSU commit, was a baller. And that dude is is a 4-4 legit guy as well. So, uh, I mean, and, and there are others, but those are a couple that really popped to mind. And, and I mean, th- this wide receiver class, I think is really, really good. It, it's, it keeps on delivering and, uh, we got a fun little positional race to go and, and I'm not going to limit it just to, to Demond Demas and, and Julian Fleming, though, uh, those two certainly have a strong case for the number one receiver in the country. Extending off of Fleming, Ohio State's got a heck of a receiver haul coming in 2020. They got Fleming's here. They've got two other commits here, including G. Scott. They've got Mookie Cooper, who might end up a Buckeye. That's uh, no no concerns about how they're going to reload in that receiver room, huh? Yeah, uh, no concerns at all. And what's, I think, kind of interesting about the way they're recruiting is all these guys are these big, true um, prototypical wide receivers and they're replacing a bunch of guys that were former running backs, quarterbacks, athletes, slot guys, crossing routes, sort of specialists. And now you got these big old lumbering athletic outside receivers. And imagine if they are able to add Mookie Cooper to that list, a perfect complement to this, um, you, you know, really sort of again, towering outside guys that can go up and, and beat anybody for a, a jump ball or in traffic. The the under sort of, I guess, the forgotten man in the group is uh, is Jackson Smith Jigba, who's had some fa- – I mean, he's just sort of – he's just a smooth, really subtle 
athlete that is you don't realize how bad he's beating people uh, until you just look up and he's won every rep and he's just, he's got great hands really smooth route runner um, I mean it's just that that was startling I mean eye-opening whatever you want to call it like you couldn't miss that Ohio State wide receivers were making a major statement on day one and, and, and we're just getting started like it'll be really interesting to see what they can do the rest of the week if they can continue that pace because it was an it was an awfully strong um, first impression from that group on day one and again I mean Mookie Cooper's not in the fold yet uh, he's a high priority but as a slot guy that's exactly what all those other guys are not uh, he would be a phenomenal addition to it so um, we'll see if they can close on that one Last question. I'll, I'll keep the setup quick because it's so late at night. You said you wanted to talk about the linebackers because you thought they had a good Monday. So, Barton, talk about the linebackers, please. Well, I thought there were a lot of them <laughs> that I really liked. I, I mean, Quandarius Robinson is a, is just a he's a machine. He's an animal. He's six foot four. He's he can close. He's an Alabama commit. He he covers. He eats up grass like uh, like he's a you know a wide receiver coming out of the blocks. Um, so I was really impressed with him. Um, Curtis Jacobs was just okay in the cat and mouse drill, but when he was in coverage in the pass game stuff, he had at least two picks, was one of the best cover guys there. Um, Trenton Simpson, to me, is one of the surest things in this class, maybe. I, I love that dude. The Auburn commit um, was really impressed with him. I was really impressed with Laneith Whitehead, um, who's uh, uh, one of the most versatile players at the position and the and the the best athlete in the entire camp from a combine perspective is Wesley Steiner out of the state of Georgia so I mean there's just so much to like Cody Simon was another one uh Shane Simon's younger brothers at Notre Dame a guy who's got a bunch of crystal ball he he committed to Ohio State actually uh um, phenomenal player uh and and was so athletic so it, it was a I thought a really fun linebacker group to watch and should be a fun one to to follow the rest of the week Sweet, Barton. Thank you for your time. Guys, Tuesday is going to get really, really rolling at the opening finals, Elite 11. Um, we should have a, a, a pecking order developing soon with that one, and a 7-on-7 seven seven tournament will get underway too. Stay locked to 24-7 Sports. Back to you, Connor. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Former USC assistant coach Rick Courtright is suing the school for $2 million after he was, quote, fired and humiliated for reporting multiple violations to school officials. The biggest allegation of the lawsuit states that Courtright, a defensive quality control assistant at USC from 2016 to 2018, discovered that two USC graduate assistants working for the team at the time were paying students to take classes for them, quote, 
with the blessing and funding coming from USC defensive coordinator Clancy Pendergrast. Courtright further alleges that he was subjected to an ongoing campaign of workplace harassment as an act of retaliation for blowing the whistle on this and other matters. A school spokesperson said in a statement that USC is investigating the allegations in the lawsuit and that, quote, the university strives to ensure compliance with NCAA rules. A 16-year-old male has been arrested and charged as an adult in the two-vehicle crash that killed Rod Bramblett, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, and his wife, Paula. Johnston Edward Taylor was arrested and taken into custody Monday on two counts of manslaughter Auburn police have announced. A toxicology report revealed marijuana was in the system of the teenager when he struck the Bramblett's vehicle in the early evening of May 25th. The teenager is being held at Lee County Jail on a $500,000 bond. Each count of manslaughter is a Class B felony, punishable from 2 to 20 years of prison time. Bramblett stepped in as the voice of the Auburn football and men's basketball broadcasts in June of 2003. His indelible calls of the kick six against Alabama in 2013, his go-crazy Cadillac touchdown call in the 2003 Iron Bowl, and many more moments have painted the picture of some of the most historic moments in college football history. For a more detailed remembrance of Ron Bramblett, head over to the Auburn Undercover podcast and listen to the episode titled, This Is for Rod Bramblett. That's going to do it for today's episode of the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend to check us out. For Trey Scott and Barton Simmons, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you bright and early on Wednesday for the next edition of the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz.